Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On today's episode, we will sit down with former Kansas big man Landon Lucas. Went long with Landon. I was going to do a big intro about... My thoughts on Kansas winning the Big 12 again this year, but Landon and I started talking, and we kept talking, and I realized he's way better at it than I'll ever be. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast wherever you're listening. Also, I believe by the time this goes live, we will also have the full video of Landon and I chatting. I'm going to try and do more of that moving forward. So if you are someone who enjoys the visual medium, we've got your chance to do that on YouTube. If you go to 610 Sports KC on YouTube, that full video conversation with Landon should be up whenever you're hearing this. All right, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with former Kansas big man Landon Lucas. It's a good time to have you on because we're recording this the day after KU clinches at least a share of the Big 12 title. Mm -hmm. Ugly win. Real ugly win against Texas Tech on senior night. I never know what what Coach Self is going to say after games like those because I know he has an affinity for the grinded out defensive battles. But Mm -hmm. that one, I feel like even puts that to the test because that was a game I felt like they probably could have wrapped up two or three times. I mean, you win the Big 12, so maybe that lessens the blow a little bit. What's a typical locker room after a game like that like? I, that the, the last part you brought up is the key. I mean, it's it's interesting, especially with having the you know senior night. You got the senior speeches, the presentation, everything. So it may not have been as bad as normal, but I'm sure once he watches the tape and sees that and goes over it with the team, there'll be a, a lot to talk about because you can't have a game like that in the tournament. It, it was it wasn't a great game. Texas Tech did not play well by any means. And yet, like you said, Kansas just couldn't put them away. And then we had a game there at the end. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things they can learn from that, a lot of things they can fix. But I will say that outside of the winning the Big 12 and senior night and all that, yesterday was not a great game. And I'm sure Coach Self will, you know, figure that out and and talk with the team about it. Yeah, to clinch it with – a game to go and knowing that if you go and beat Texas on Saturday, you're going to win this thing outright. It's stupid at this point. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, both in the in the like in the short term and in the big picture. Like in the short term of this season, you had mm-hmm. lost three straight games at one point, and we're sitting there looking at the Big Twelve, whether it was K State or Baylor or Texas or Iowa State, TC. There were all these teams that you thought, man, you're going to have to pass all of them. And of course, the season played out exactly how it always does, Landon, where where you just kind of slowly go about your business. You pick up a few road wins. You always take care of business at home and you wait for everybody else to slip up. You wait for all these teams to beat up on each other, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what it did. You were part of a lot of those. Has your perspective at all changed now that you're on the outside and you're just watching this year after year and just seeing more of the same? Yeah, I mean, you just grow to expect it. I mean, even during my time there, by the time I was a junior and especially as a senior, you just figured like, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna handle business. There will be a bump in the road. That that's one thing that I think having some guys who have been through it is helpful. And having those guys from last year's team who went through that kind of bump in the road where they had that Kentucky game, Kentucky coming in and winning by a whole bunch in Allen Fieldhouse and you know, you go through that every year and it always seems to happen around that January time, January, maybe beginning of February. But that's the time to have it happen because the last thing you want is something like Purdue where you're going into, you know, March and you're going through your struggles now. You want to have that happen, you know, earlier on, middle of Big 12. And and I, I think that's something that you just learn to understand is that you're going to go through it. You're going to come out of it, you know, just fine. Everything's going to be okay. So there's no reason to panic. Coach Self knows what he needs to do. The players eventually get on board, know what they need to do. And you saw it again this year, like three-game losing streak. Things feel like, oh, you know, how are we going to come back from this? We're, we're down quite a bit in the league standings. And then just slowly but surely you work your way back up to it. Until like, you know, now it's just expect, okay, well, they just won another Big 12. Um, And so it's just credit to Kansas coaching staff, Coach Self, and obviously the players for just handling it as we always do. Well, it doesn't matter the sport. We always talk about legacy and we define teams legacy based off what they do in the postseason. Yes. But why does Bill Self care so much about winning the Big 12? Why does he put such an emphasis on it? Well, I'll say, obviously, during my time there, it was because of the streak. You know, that was something that we just always talked about. So speaking on my time there, that's what we cared about. That's what the former players were coming back, talking to us about. That's what every time we went through one of those losing streaks, we were talking to each other about, like, don't be that team. (laughs) You know, don't be the one to mess up this streak. So during my time there, there was a little bit more emphasis on it, I would say. But, you know, really winning the Big 12 is such a credit towards a season-long dominance over such a great league and you know you look at coach self and I, I saw some stat which is just crazy with all of his years coaching he hasn't finished outside the top uh three of any league he's been in it's always been one two or three and the threes were just a few years mainly first or second and as you know yeah, here, like at, like Tulsa yeah like Tulsa yeah and a, a lot of firsts here at Kansas and so you know I think it's just um showing that over a season long dominance you know really um he takes pride in it and he doesn't like to lose so that plays a factor too because every game you feel that as a player you feel that from him that like there's no game where you go into it like oh if we come out with a loss it is what it is like you go in there trying to win every single game 
Um, and and I, I think that shows by how he finishes every year in the league. Yeah, it's just weird because I think of all the great coaches, and this has been shared, you know, whether it's Coach K or Calipari or Roy Williams, all of these guys who have had so much success, they're Hall of Famers, and they have banners hanging in the rafters of their places, yet they've never been able to put together anything close to what he's done at Kansas. So I'm sure that, you know, every coach has their different tactics and their different, you know, goals throughout the year. And I'm sure most of them are winning the regular season, but I, I, I just don't, I can't, my brain, I can't wrap my brain around what the secret sauce has been for this staff and for Bill self and for this program that they've been able to do this, not just, in, in a way that nobody else has done it, but they're still doing it. Like there's no yeah. reason to believe that next year, I don't know who's going to be back. I don't know what this roster is going to be back. Going to look like, I don't know what the rest of the big 12 is going to look like. <laughs> doesn't matter. Like I, I don't, I just wonder what it is that he has found that nobody else has. Well, let, let me ask you a question because I, I've followed Kansas basketball from the, obviously the time I was there and a few years before, but I'm from Portland, Oregon. So if you date it back farther than coach self era, I, I don't really know the history as well. How was it with those other coaches? Were they this, is it really just Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse or is this coach self, you know, just being coach self? I mean, they going back, the big 12 started in 96 or 97. Uh -huh. And they won, they won the big 12 a lot. So it's not like it just started with Bill self, but you know, Oklahoma state would win it one year. Texas mm -hmm. would win it one year. I think Oklahoma had a couple of seasons there. So there, there was a smack. It was kind of like everybody else where Kansas was still the top dog, mm -hmm. but other teams could jump up every now and again and yeah. steal one, but to just do it year after year. And you had a blip. I think it was 2019. And yeah. then again, two years later, but you still look what 17 big 12 titles. It just doesn't, doesn't make any sense, man. Yeah. And, and I think that that's something that even, even though during my time we had the streak to talk about and stuff, I'm sure that these players are still talking about it with the same amount of importance as like, we want, we need to win the league. I mean, you can see it just by how much pride the former players taken winning the league I, I went on to instagram the other day and saw all these former players excited about winning you know reposting the win you know the the trophy and all the different stuff it shows how important this is to all, everyone the fans the alumni and you feel that as a player and you just go out there and it's just another level of importance um and, and focus and um just as a player I'm, I'm sure that those guys are still carrying that you know with them as they go in and out of these games do you think that there is something more to it? The idea of just like, Hey, this is one of our goals and it's important to like, there is something you can gain from setting a goal and achieving it. Mm -hmm. Like is, is, is that a stretch or do you think there's something to that from just a mental standpoint? I think they're good. I mean, we broke every practice and huddle with big 12 champs all the way until we won the big 12. I mean, that's just, that was the emphasis. That's what we just assumed that we were going to figure it out and win. And as we're talking about this, one thing that comes to mind, which is probably the big separator, especially with Coach Self, is his ability to look at uh, maybe mistakes he's made with scouting report or hand way he's handled game situations and make changes for that following game or even in game. And because of that, you when you're playing a, you know the same team twice and you're so familiar with each other, 
it ends up being almost like a chess match in game. And when you have a guy like Coach Self, along with Allen Fieldhouse, along with talented players, I mean, you put all that together. And in these chess matches, Kansas is just going to come on top more times than not. And that ends up being, you know, another championship. What what stands out to you about Jalen Wilson's senior season? Like when you think about the year that he's put together, Bill's talked about it a lot over the last couple of weeks with, you know, it kind of his regular season career at Kansas coming to a close. What's what what kind of comes to mind for you when you think back at this year for him? I mean, it, it's just really that um, consistency as being being a, a being like the star leader. I mean, that's a hard role to jump into it and be that consistent guy where you know going into it and, and even the games where he may have gotten off to a slow start or not done too well offensively he does other things to fill that void and, and still be that give you that superstar presence on the team and that's what we had with Frank Mason especially in his senior year he just you knew that no matter what team you were playing no matter what environment you were going into you had Frank Mason on your team who was more than likely going to be the best player in that game and on that floor. And I think that with Jalen, you feed off of that and just gives confidence to the other guys to go ahead and know that they can play their role. Nobody has to go above and beyond and stuff. You can play your role and you got a star player that more times than not is going to show up in the big games. And he's shown that all year long. And he gives you that kind of alpha dog personality and, and, um, you know, presence on the court that everybody can feed off of. And I think that's important. You have to have that, especially to have success and be one of the top teams in the country. What's so crazy is going back to really built the beginning of Bill's time at Kansas at, at the beginning. One of the, the cliches that people would say about his teams were that they were so good, but they would never have a guy who would average 20 points per game because they like mm -hmm. to spread the the share the wealth, and you'd have like the the 08 national championship team. I think the leading scorer was Brandon Rush at like 13 points a game. Wow! And Mario was right there, and Darrell Arthur was right there. It was really wow. really even. And then all of a sudden, you mentioned Frank, Frank National Player of the Year, first team All American, Big Twelve, every individual award. Next year, Devontae does the same thing. I think it was two years later, Doke did the same thing. Really, Doke and Devon did the same thing. Yeah. Then it was Ochai. Then this year it's Jalen. All of a sudden they've got this crazy stretch where a guy goes into his last year and turns into one of the five best players in the country. Yeah. And I want, I wonder like, did Frank kickstart something? Like, was he a catalyst for something where Devonte saw him and sort of picked up on on something on, on how to raise your game to that elite level that so few players hit and has that kind of carried on it might be a stretch but it feels like it's it has been this point. insane run I, I mean it's a it's a very valid point I mean if you, when you see that as a player and you see the the ability, just even knowing that that's possible opens so many doors when you see that happen with a guy like Frank and then all of a sudden he just makes these massive jumps and then it happens again and then it happens now it's almost expected because now going into next year, you're wondering who's going to be that guy. And then they're feeling that as a player, like, oh, it's my turn. I'm that guy now. And it's no longer like, oh, we're just going to have a team full of guys, you know, all contributing. There's going to be someone who steps up into that alpha dog superstar um, role. And so I think more than anything, it's just like you see it happen once. It shows that, hey, this is possible to make this massive jump into 
a national player of the year contending type player. And now it's become almost expected. Like you said, since him, it's been a streak of, of guys to the point where every year now you're going to be looking to see who makes that massive jump and becomes that guy. And so that's a confidence thing that really starts with knowing that it's even possible. And then you go out there and, and, and execute from there. The part that I think sets Jalen apart is he has just been a workhorse. Like mm -hmm. with Frank and Devonte and Ochai and Doke, they were so efficient. They had one thing that they could just kick your ass at every single night, or they mm -hmm. were just going to with, with Jalen, he's not a knockdown three-point shooter. He's not a super explosive athlete. It's just his will to to like have an impact on the game. That's the mm -hmm. one thing that I think has impressed me the most about him is the idea that like doesn't matter if it's not his night, if the shots aren't falling, he will find a way to yeah. impact the game. And he's been doing it for 30 games now. It's crazy to watch. And, and what I loved about it was like in that Baylor game, which I, I was at and able to see in person, you saw that him get off to a, a, a slow start. And it was in a game, you know, at home, you got college game day. He's a featured guy. Um, and he, he, there's so many expectations going into the game. And he gets off to a terrible start, is missing layups. You could see it, you know, when he was coming to the bench, he was, he was frustrated. And the way that he turned it around was – by being able to put pressure on the rim, attack them, use his size and, and start getting to the free throw line, get his confidence going, get his confidence from doing other impacting the game in other ways. And then he finishes with what, 21 and 10 or something like that. I mean, he's able to, because of what you said, he can do it in so many different ways. If one thing's not going for him, he can turn to other areas as ways to impact the game and reinsert himself into that game. And that's really help, helpful for his confidence and for the team's confidence because they know, okay, we get, we we have him showing up in some aspect and we're just going to, you know, figure it out until he does. And then, you know, after that, he's back into it. So I, I think it's a, a testament to him and his will. And I've heard Coach Self talk about his competitiveness. I mean, that's just a competitor who figures out, okay, this isn't happening for me tonight. I'm going to figure out some other way. And they need it. It's, early in the season, they had to have it. I mean, there were points in the season where I thought, okay, well, if he doesn't go for 20, then I don't really know where this team's offense is coming from. But fortunately, some other guys have, have sort of stepped up lately. I don't know how much you pay attention to this stuff, but uh, Kansas currently ranks, I think, 360th in bench minutes. Yeah. There's only 363 teams in the country. So yeah, I, I talked to Coach Self about that. He said he was surprised that there were teams that, that <laughs> left. <laughs> But yeah, what, do you no, make, what do you make of that? Because I know that rotations get tighter when you mm -hmm. get later in the season, when coaches just kind of go with the guys they trust. But th I feel like this season's even putting that to the test. Like how how overblown is depth, especially this time of year? Um, it is a little bit. I know with Coach Stealth, one thing that we always would notice as a player is as the season went along, it would narrow down. And, and by the time you get into – a Big 12 tournament, and then obviously March Madness, you had a really set, um, you know, starting lineup who was going to play 30 minutes or so, and then a few guys off the bench that would come in, in spot minutes. And um, during the regular season, he would try lineups. He would try bench players out and stuff. This year, you didn't really see a lot of that. Earlier on, you saw a little bit, and then it ended up being almost like postseason immediately as soon as they got into you know big 12 and he narrowed it down as far as the importance of it 
obviously, if there's foul trouble, you worry about it. Um, I don't think there's a huge need for major minutes from anybody the way this team is structured, but those guys have to be ready because if their name is called in one of those important games, um, you got to expect that they can come in and at least weather the storm. Now, what I've seen from them throughout the season is that in some important minutes uh, in a, a couple games, they've shown that they can come in and, and do what's necessary. You know, a guy like Yesifu, a guy like uh, Yude, who's gotten a little bit more confidence as the season's gone along. So they've shown that they can come in and impact the game, but you just worry a little bit, you know, if somebody gets some early fouls and you need 15 minutes out of one of those guys, you know, mm-hmm. what does that look like come tournament time? Have you watched K- have you been able to like relate to what you've seen KJ do this season? Because I think back to I think it was your junior and senior year where mm-hmm. you guys came into the year. I think Doke was there. You sort of thought, okay, eventually this is going to be his spot. And you, and it was you and Hunter and maybe Jamari was still on the team. I may be mixing the years up, but it wasn't like this foregone conclusion that you were going to be the starting big man all year. Mm-hmm. And then you were sort of out there and you did your job and the guys on the floor like playing with you and all of a sudden boom it's your job mm-hmm. i feel like that kind of happened with kj this year where he started the season as the as the five and everybody thought okay well eventually zach or Ernest, they're going to start playing better and they're going to take this spot and then all of a sudden those guys don't really do much and then kj just starts playing better and better and now we're at the end of the season and he's invaluable like you don't want to see him come off the court because of what he does have you been able to relate to what you've seen him so yeah, definitely, uh, it, it was my junior year, and definitely I could relate. I mean, coming off my sophomore year, uh, I was able to start a little bit, you know, towards the end of the season because Cliff, you know, ended up being out. Right, right. Alexander. And then coming in my junior year, there was like this big carousel. We That was the year with Sheck Diallo. We had Jamari. We had um, Hunter, uh, myself, and then Perry. So we had like five bigs or something, and nobody really knew exactly who that what was going to make up that four or obviously the four spot was Perry, but then it was the five spot. Who's going to play alongside of him. And, you know, what I noticed was in during the rotation, it's really tough because you just don't know, like, you know, how long you're going to be out there. If you, you almost end up looking over your shoulder a little bit, but then once I got out there and it was, it was a few big moments in games, which is, is what you need. It's being out there in the important games, not, you know, Hey, I went out there in some blowout and I played well and whatnot. Right. It was, you know, who were you out there uh, in, in the big moments with, because what that does is that gave Frank, that gave Devante, that gave Wayne, all those guys, the confidence, like, Hey, I can go to battle with this guy in these important moments. And then that just ended up expanding into, you know, a starting role and then playing a lot of minutes. And so I think with KJ, you saw in those, uh, a few of those early games, there were some close games where he was the one on the court. And then that's where you started seeing, okay, we're comfortable with him being on the court. And that's step one. And then once you get past that, okay, we're just comfortable with him. You start getting that confidence. Then you saw him, you know, come into his own, develop a little floater there starting to figure out how to work with him better because now in practice, he's the main guy with the starters on the blue squad. There's no switching back and forth and whatnot. And then obviously the more and more the chemistry streak grows, you see his confidence grow as well. And so it's a little bit of a progress, but it starts with being out there in key moments as that guy 
to build that trust. And I think you saw that with KJ. He was out there at the end of the games. He was the one making some of the big shots at the end of the games. And then from there, it was like, okay, now it's to the point where, hey, we don't want him in foul trouble because we need him on the court. And then the confidence just grows from there. You know, it's wild to watch too because he's what, six, seven on a good day, maybe. Yeah. If we're counting his hair, he's six, seven. Mm-hmm. He's probably not quite that. You yeah. don't even have to go back a decade to where Bill was still playing like Jeff Withy next to Tom. Like you could go six, ten, nice seven yeah. foot. And mm-hmm. now you've basically got three wings in the front court. And I don't think that was by design necessarily, mm-hmm. but to see them be able to still establish themselves maybe as the best team in the country going six, seven, six, six mm-hmm. in the front court. It's pretty crazy to see, not just for Kansas, but really for any college basketball team to be able to maintain that level of success with, with that lack of size. Yeah. And, and that's coach self. That's him just figuring out, okay, what do we have? How can we work with it? And he's just continued to adjust. He adjusted between um, my, you know, all those years leading up to my junior year, I think it was, or it's going into senior where we switched from that, you know, too big thing with Perry and I to then Josh being the one at the four and just going four out one in. And then now it's become like, you know, another switch this year to where like they really don't do much high low angles, anything like that with their bigs. It's just a lot of movement, a lot of screens, sideball screens, rolling to the rim, the short roll with KJ, but that's credit to him. And then, you know, as the bigs, you just have to figure out a way to adjust to that. And I, I think what's the most important factor in this is having those big guards because they're able to make up for stuff. When you have a guy like Jalen leading the league in rebounding, and you got, got a guy like uh, Kevin McCuller who can go out there and get you double doubles. That makes up for the lack of size inside. You know, if you don't have that and you got some guards that are just out on the perimeter looking to shoot and whatnot, you can't play this way, but when you got guys like there, those um, those guys who are willing to get inside and get their nose dirty, um, you're able to play small like this. And so it's fortunate that you have the makeup of this team, but credit to, to the coaching staff for seeing you know what they have and making those adjustments. Do you at all wonder what it might look like if they go up against um, – how about Arizona? Arizona's right in your backyard. Yeah. I don't know how much you've watched of them. They go. They got what six ten, six eleven. That's the best front court in the country. People always ask me, like, "Hey, what's the one team you're scared of?" And I think, well, a team with really talented big guys. Are you at all interested in in what that might look like if they face that type of team in the tournament? It's going to be really interesting, and it, and it's going to be you know really down to can we get out in transition and make it the type of game that suits us. And the thing about you know this year's team that's nice is they've shown the ability to win by scoring a lot and then win in a grinded out you know defensive type game. However, if you come up against a team like that or even a team like uh, Purdue with Edie or just anybody with some size inside is going to be really, really hard to win one of those grinded out games where there's, you know, a lot of missed shots with everybody there to get the rebounds, you know, not they're getting their defense set. It's just really about if, if Kansas can control the way that game is played. And if they can, then the same amount of uh, mismatches and, um, you know, problems that a big team like Arizona can cause for Kansas, Kansas can do the same thing for them. I mean, I know as a big myself, I hated sometimes playing against one of those, you know, six, 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 seven, like athletic guys that are just always moving around that you have to worry about. I would rather play a six eleven guy who I knew was running down the court and going to the block, you know, and so there can be 
um, advantages and disadvantages to both sides. It's just about which team comes out there and establishes themselves uh, as far as just setting the tone and the tempo of the game. And if Kansas can do it, they, they should be able to take advantage of, of it against teams like that as well. Well, that's what's so funny, too. I remember 2018 when they played Duke for a yeah. shot to, with Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter, and they were asking the questions about that team because yeah. Doak was injured. I think Silvio was basically the five. And and they asked, okay, well, what, what are you going to do against those guys? Well, those guys got to guard Svee now, right? Yeah. Marvin Bagley, 6'10". He's got to follow these guards around the perimeter, and that's the thing with KJ. One thing mm -hmm. that impresses me so much about KJ, going back to him, he moves the ball so quickly for yeah. a big guy. Like, the ball does not – Bill has been Bill Self has been saying this for a decade now. Like, don't want the ball to stick. The ball was sticking. And the ball never sticks with this team, and I think that's a big credit to KJ because he moves the ball like you would expect a guard to move the ball. Yeah, and, and Coach Self has always talked a ton about getting the ball to the second and third side because if you can do that, it often breaks down a defense. And when you have a guy that's usually catching the ball around the middle and immediately reversing it or finding, you know, going into a dribble handoff, a ball screen, that helps that, you know, side-to-side -side action. And I think that he's become really the second best playmaker on the team outside of Harris. I mean, he's when he, he has the ball there in the – high post area, you know, after a little short roll or something, I trust him to make good decisions with the ball, whether it's kick it out, go into, into a ball screen, drive it to the rim himself. I mean, you allow him to kind of be that secondary playmaker and it opens a lot up for this offense. And so having a big like that, it's very important because I know during my time there, I remember how much Coach Self would emphasize with the bigs, hey, if you catch it, get it moving and stuff. And he does that flawlessly and so quick, as you said, that it makes it really easy for this offense to look as Coach Self would want, which is just getting it side to side. You really think this team could win back-to-back? Uh, -back? You think they could run it back this year? I do. I mean, I actually – I said uh, before – the Duke game. So this was way back. I, I said I thought this team had potential to be better than last year's team, right? Um, just from uh, talent-wise and just how this team comes together. We'll By the way, speed. that was early, and I bet you didn't think they'd look like this too, but you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and, and obviously during the three-game losing streak, I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> but, but I mean, I kind of expected that to happen at some point. But, yeah, I really thought this team had a lot of potential – the, the thing with the tournament is really what happens is you put yourself into a hat as one of those guy teams that can go in there and win a national championship. And there's usually a handful of them. Who wins it after that is up to just how things break in the tournament. You know, what teams you end up coming against, what uh, nights you have an off night against what team, you know, like all kinds of different things come into play who wins the national championship. But I 100% think that they're one of the teams that can obviously go on to win. It's just going to come down to um, one, when their off night comes, you know, because it's going to it's going to happen. You're going to have an off night when it is and who it's against is very important and it matters. And then, you know, I think I trust a team like this so much and, uh, a tournament like there will be this year, which is going to be a lot of parity across all, all the teams in it. You know, there's going to be a lot of matchups that are very close and could go either way. It's going to come down to in-game adjustments by coaches and by players. And we've seen throughout this year the ability to do that, which is what gives me so much confidence in this team being able to progress forward. And I think that this team 100% has a chance to, 
um, go back to the Final Four and win a national championship. Obviously, just if things break their way a little bit. But uh, yeah, with with Coach Self and with this team, um, I, I have a lot of trust in them. And I wonder too, like last year, sort of getting the monkey off your back of getting that second one. There had been a lot of times in between 08 and last year where I feel like Bill Self probably thought they had a good chance. KU fans yeah. thought they had a good chance. And I wonder if like just getting that monkey off your back is is freeing in a way. If you maybe learn, like I think he even admitted afterwards, he's probably a little bit looser than he was mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And I wonder as he gets older, and as he goes through more of these and sees more of these, if maybe he has learned something along the way or unlocked something along the way. And I, yeah. I, I, just, it, I, I just, I think that happens even for guys like him who seemingly have seen it all. I think they're always learning and evolving as coaches as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I can speak from a player side of thing. I remember the kind of uh, when I came to Kansas, there was a little bit of this, uh, Kansas does great in the regular season and then some they run into some hot shooting team and yeah. go out somewhat early. That's that's just the narrative I remember coming in. Oh, like yeah. I said, I didn't really follow Kansas a ton go before I came there, but that's what I felt. And then my uh, red shirt year was the year that uh, Michigan came in. I think it was Sweet 16 or something. And uh, Trey, what was it? Trey Burke, Trey Burke Mitch and, McVeary. Yeah. And, and then Kowskis. the next year, the next year was the Stanford game, you know? And so then, I'm, and then the next year was Wichita state. And so you, you, we go through these, um, kind of like, okay, it's tough to get, you know, past this little hump. And then I remember, um, going into that next year when we got to the lead eight, it was like that, that broke that kind of feeling, at least in my head as a player, like, okay, we can get past this point just fine. And then that following year, it, I didn't even have a thought about that. You know, it was like, okay, there is no uh, looming team that's going to shoot, you know, 60% from three and beat us and whatnot. Like we can, we can do this and, and advance farther into the second weekend and make a final four and whatnot. Obviously, you know, we came up short my senior year, but no part of me going into that Elite Eight game thought we were going to lose. And obviously leading up to that, every game, it was like, okay, we got this. And that was because we got over that hurdle the year before. And so I think, you know, with a guy like Coach Self and a team and program and everything, yeah, it's a little bit of a monkey off your back. You finally got back to, you know, the top and finished on top. And now coming into this year, I don't think that anybody's going to be, you know, like, oh, you know, we, we're having this bug of losing in the lead eight or losing in the final four. Like you can do it. And this team's very capable of it and they should know that. So, yeah, I, I very much so agree that it could be uh, allow the players and coaches to feel a little bit more free uh, going into this one. All right. The glue guys podcast, uh, what season two uh, with, with your dad right now. It's great yeah. stuff, by the way, uh, Kansas you. fans, Thank if you're not already listening to it, you should. Uh, tell, tell the people where they can, uh, find your stuff, Lennon. Um, I just on, I believe it's the field of 68 network, uh, YouTube and Twitter. They, they put it out on there. I try to retweet it and stuff on my account so you can go there and find it as well. But yeah, we try to break down the games a little bit, just talk basketball, my dad and I. So it's a fun time for me. I, I get to reconnect with some of the guys through that as well. And so, uh, I, I enjoy doing it. And if you are a Kansas uh, fan, I know there's a lot of content out there, but you know, you could come check us out too if you have a little extra time.
I think it's the only father-son Kansas basketball podcast. Yeah. <laughs> For now, I know Jamari uh, sent me a text the other day, and he was like, hey, I'm thinking I'm going to start one with my dad so that we oh, can. <laughs> like, that's a nice right, little scoop. I'm going to have to get out of the game because I know, you know, Jamari <laughs> and, and his dad probably are, are pretty funny. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think we are the only one as of now. No, man, it's good stuff. The, the The dynamic between you guys makes it funny. I, I know you told me last year that that wasn't like originally part of the plan, but uh, mm-hmm. I think it's really good. I think it's really good stuff. So keep up the good work, man. It's Thank always you. fun talking to you. Let's do it again here before the end of the year. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Again, big thanks to Landon for sitting down with me. If you haven't already, check out his podcast, The Glue Guys uh, with his dad, Field the 68 Network, which you can also find wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. Again, if you haven't already, Please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you want to check out the full video version of that conversation, you can do so on YouTube at 610 Sports KC. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 